situational awareness is all about making sure you're aware of what's immediately around you, what's right outside arm's reach, and then what's even further whenever you look at an environment. And remember, your brain's not a computer. It can't aggregate everything. So if you're looking at everything, then you see nothing. So make sure you just look specifically for the signs and symptoms of the threats in your area and take them seriously. Listen to your gut. Women have great intuition, you know, so listen to that more often than not. Welcome to Manifestable. I'm your host, Danette May, and each week I will bring you epic guests and live coaching where you can come to receive profound breakthroughs, courage to break old patterns, and live into your soul's purpose. My mission is to remind people of their power and that they have the control to tap into their energy to achieve extraordinary things. Before I introduce today's guest, I'm offering you, my listener, a free stress-reducing visualization. This is an easy listen-to visualization that is guaranteed to reduce your stress so that you feel more calm, more peace, and instantly ready to take on the day. Go check out my Instagram and Facebook at The Danette May to stay updated with me on all things podcast and other inspirational things. And don't forget to share your favorite part of today's episode after listening. Our guest today is a unique one. (laughs) His name is Clint Emerson. He's a retired Navy SEAL with 20 years of service with the Special Operations Community. He's a founder of the Escape the Wolf and best-selling author of the 100 Deadly Skills series. He has some amazing stories and advice to share. And I'm excited because I asked him specifically what he could share to females today. What would make a female more confident? What would be some simple tactics that she could take on to drive confidence and also possibly save her life? This is a very unique very intriguing. And I have no doubt that actually someone listening to this and maybe more than just one person will literally walk away from this episode, try on the things that Clint talks about and literally have their life saved physically. This is going to be a must listen to. You're going to want to share this out to all of your girlfriends. So let's get started with this interview. But if you want to find out more about Clint, you can go on his Instagram at the 100 Deadly Skills and Escape the Wolf at Escape the Wolf. You guys, let's get started. Okay, everybody, we got Clint on, and I'm actually so excited to talk to you because, man, your story is wild, and the work you're doing is really different. And I think something that the world is actually desiring more and more. So Clint, can you tell us before you tell us the story, because every podcast starts with a story. I want to know what is the craziest thing you have done in your life? And how did that lead you to where you are right now? (laughs) Craziest thing I've done. Man, there's a bunch of stuff. I mean, before I went in the Navy to become a SEAL, I was kind of a troublemaking kid, like most little boys probably one of the craziest events was getting scuba qualified first time to do an open ocean scuba dive with an adult who happened to be my troop leader because boy scouts was a big deal back when i was young and 
it was the only thing to do growing up in Saudi Arabia. I was there from the second grade to high school. So I got my scuba qual at the minimum age. I think it was 12 at the time. And I went out with this adult. We went out to a place called Tyre Reef. And it was on the basically the eastern side of Saudi is the Persian Gulf. And you could go out on a pier, jump off the end of the pier, go to the bottom, and there's a rope down there. And then you just basically follow that rope. You're just grabbing it and you're kind of pulling your way all the way out to the tire reef. And it's the tire reef is made up of these huge desert vehicle tires that have been dumped and they've turned into this reef. Tons of fish, these big fish called hamor. They're like the size of a Volkswagen and they just sit still and they're black and ugly, right? I mean, these things are just evil looking. Anyway, get down there and within a short period of time, I start looking around and I'm, I can't find my dive buddy. You know, he's an adult. I'm a kid. Keep that in mind, right? So I, the first thing you do is, one, well, where is he? I can't see him. Okay, then you start really, you adjust your vision so you're looking for (laughs) bubbles, right? Because every time you exhale, bubbles, right? So you start looking for bubbles. I don't see any bubbles. I'm like, what the heck? And then I I start cruising around the tire reef thinking, well, maybe he's up in one of the tires. Because what you can do is sometimes make air pockets with your regulator and then you can kind of stick your head up in that air pocket take your mask off and have a conversation with someone right inside imagine a tire sitting up right he's nowhere to be found and so i get myself disoriented and i can't remember where that rope is to take me in the right direction back to the pier and long story short i end up having to uh surface when i get to the surface i can barely see land you know, and I'm, this is all new to me. So I can, I, I just start making my way to land. I wash up onto the beach and this guy is sitting at the picnic table when I walk over to him and he's just kind of like, what's up, man? Did you have a good time? And it's like, didn't even acknowledge the fact that you never leave your dive buddy. You never leave someone behind. This is an adult who left a kid out in the middle of the Persian Gulf. And, uh, anyway, it was an eye-opening, very telling moment in, a, in my young life that, uh, you know, you got to be careful, right, who you're dealing with anytime, all the time. You just never know. Wow, that's kind of fascinating because you do teach survival and you teach chaos kind of management, at least from what I was gathering. And it's like, you know, I think sometimes we think, oh, someone teaches chaos management or how survival skills. But the truth is, like, are they really going to be there? Are they really qualified <laughs> to do these things? Because I, I don't know. That's the lesson I'm taking from this, because this guy was supposed to stay with you. Yes. You're never supposed to leave your buddy, but especially your dive buddy. It's a, it's a it's like the number one rule in like scuba education. But, you know, I think it, you know, one, it kind of put me in a place of, hey, I got it. You make sure you're constantly. uh What's Ronald Reagan's quote, you know, like trust, but verify, right? You have to continually trust, but verify when dealing with other humans, right? Yeah. What is the most craziest things you've done in your 20s or 30s? (laughs) Join the Navy, become a SEAL, go overseas, go to war. I mean, there's a whole list there. (laughs) Yep. And what, when you were a SEAL, what was the biggest lessons you learned? I mean, we learn all sorts of filaments of lessons in all the different gamuts of these I call them like high trigger lives, like the seals, all that. That's pretty high triggering. What would you take, say, was the top three nuggets that you took from that experience? Boy, I mean, there's so much. And number one, which is big in our community is, you know, that 
perseverance, keep going, keep driving forward, don't give up, right? It all falls under that, you know, number one. And that's probably the biggest one. And whether it's this internal self-competition thing that I had, I, I never really looked at anybody else. It was always this internal competition to probably fulfill some little insecurity in my life. And I wanted to prove to myself I can do it. And so you just keep on going and going and you end up finding yourself at the finish line going, wow, I did it. Number two is, believe it or not, communication, right? If you're not communicating with your buddies and really just laying it out there, you don't get better as a team. You never really figure out what's wrong. You can never really adjust yourself or help others adjust themselves if you're just not communicating. So we're very big on debriefing, what we call a hot wash. And it's like everybody gets in the room. Your experience doesn't matter. Your rank doesn't matter. Your age doesn't matter. The goal is to be constructive and just lay it out there. And then before you leave the room, you're coming up with solutions on how you get better as a team and how each one of you can do better. But it takes, you got to like accept faults. You have to accept weakness. You have to accept the things that you might not be good at and your buddies are going to call you out on it, right? But it all starts with communication. Probably number three is extreme or a higher level of patriotism because, you know, once you're overseas and you're doing things and you're gone all the time, I think that's when you really become a patriot. I feel like, yeah, you, if you're an American citizen, you live in America, you're a patriot, no doubt about it. But it's a whole other higher level once you're actually engaging overseas and then coming back here and going, wow, you know, we've got it pretty damn good. Ooh, can you talk a little bit about that for a minute? Because I want to hear what patriotism means to you and what you saw over there. Because I heard somebody in the military talk a little bit and someone really high ranked that we don't really understand truly as Americans how good we have it, how truly good we have it. So can you kind of feel like just share what that means to you, patriotism, and then why do you feel like we have it so good? I mean, it really boils down to the little things, you know, like, I mean, for the most part here, you can, you have choices when you turn on water. You don't have choices overseas when you turn on water, right? Here, you've got hot or cold. Over there, if you're lucky in some areas to even get faucet water, like there's a lot of countries where you relied on crates and crates of just bottled water, either because there was no running water or because you couldn't trust the running water that you had. But to have a choice of hot or cold or a combination of both, you know, before you take a shower, like that is not the standard everywhere you go. Or it could be, you know, we get, look, look right here, you know, got coffee, right? So, I mean, you've got it on every single corner here in the United States. You can always go get a, get a cup of coffee or your latest, greatest, you know, Frappa Umachino and whatever it is you like, right? I mean, just access to everything. I mean, heck, now you can go on your phone and have everything delivered to your front door, right? I mean, overseas, you're lucky to find with the, you know, in certain areas that were colonized by French, they call it like supermarches, you know, a supermarket. And you, you're lucky to know where one is, be able to get to it. And then you hope that it has the things that, you know, you're most likely going to enjoy, like, or eat, depending on what it is you're looking for. But and that's just when we talk about, you know, those conveniences, right? And then you look around and you see, 
you know, an eight-year-old little girl who's hanging out outside of a building by herself, not one adult in sight, alone in the middle of the night. You're like, what? You know, you just, for us, you know, that's for me that or in any neighborhood I've ever lived in, that would be unheard of. And that would be immediately like, hey, little girl, you know, where's your mom and dad? Nobody's around to even ask her a question and she's just doing her own thing. So I think, you know, it's not that that doesn't happen, but when it's over there and you see like the difference in the appreciation of life, it's totally different than us, you know, especially areas where you might come across a dead body and you look around like, is anybody going to like remove this body? <laughs> like do something with it? Maybe have a funeral, maybe bury it. I don't know. There's just so many little things that you come across that what's normal for their court culture is just not normal for us, but it really makes you appreciate our culture and where we've come from. Wow. Thank you for that. That's awesome. So the three things you did shared was about tenacity, sticking with it. And then the second thing, communication, which I'm going to have us dive into. And then three, patriotism. So number two, communication, because you are actually doing work with this knowledge that you got. You're going into businesses. I think you're doing stuff with families, correct? Or people in their personal life. And so where do you, because in my mind, communication is either where things are added to or breaking apart. Communication, I think, is everything because this is where people make up stories, assumptions, they stop themselves from growing. And so I want to ask you when it comes to the work you're doing, let's before I go into the question of communication, I want to ask you, like, what is your why of what you do right now in the world? Like, describe what you do in the world right now. And why are you so adamant on doing it? Like, what's your deeper why of your purpose? Yeah, the why is probably self-reliance, right? Wanting people to be more self-reliant. And it started by going into small, large businesses, nonprofits, places of worship, private schools. And it started with active shooter training, right? So that's my company, Escape the Wolf. That we That's all we do is provide crisis management to different kinds of organizations. And you know, I want you to call 911, but don't rely on it 100%. I mean, that's just really what it boils down to. And that's where it all started. And hoping that people start taking more ownership in their safety and security posture, which starts with self-reliance. You've got to be able to take care of yourself in order to, to get through some of these crazy events we hear about on a daily basis. Then I thought, oh, well, how do I do this for the average person that might not have a company that's going to spend that kind of money on training and stuff? So that's where 100 Deadly Skills came from and became very, very popular pretty quick because it was this creative book, illustrated. You know, I call it it's marine proof, right? Even Marines can understand as long as you have pictures. <laughs> and it communicates exactly what to do in, in different situations and gives you skills that you know, I think everyone should know. And so that's pretty much what I've been focusing on since I retired from the military is just how do you get people to be more self-reliant holistically and be able to take care of themselves so that whether it could be 911 or it could be your neighbor or whatever it is that you're relying on, you know, hey, let's let that reliance become second because now you know how to do it. You can do it for yourself. Self-sufficiency and self-reliance. That's powerful. Can you speak to women for a minute? So I have to ask you guys, can I share something a little vulnerable with you? You probably know by now that I'm a health expert, fitness professional, that I've coached thousands of people to living a healthier life. 
But the truth is sometimes I don't get enough vegetables and greens in my day. Yeah, I even struggle with this, you guys. And I know the power of superfoods with greens and micronutrients. But here's the deal. I live a busy life just like you. And not all the time do I want to eat a big salad with wheatgrass in it and micronutrients and probiotics and all the things that actually are really great for my body. But most green juices on the market are disgusting. They literally taste like licking the bottom of a lawnmower, let alone getting my kids to drink is just not going to happen. So I set out to try to make the best green juice on the market. One that's packed with actually all the nutrients. It's not watered down. It's organic, has all your trace minerals, it has your probiotic and all your superfood greens like spirulina, wheatgrass, all your fruits and vegetables in one serving. But the biggest key here is it needed to taste amazing. And I'm so happy to tell you, we created Island Bliss. And the reason it is called Island Bliss is because it tastes like you're sipping an Island Bliss drink on a beach. I'm not even joking. This tastes like orange dreamsicle. It is so delicious, but it has all of your vegetables, all of your fruit servings, your probiotics, your superfoods, and your trace minerals in one serving. It tastes so good. Kids will drink it just with water. I throw it in just plain water and ice. I sometimes throw it in my smoothies. It is super simple, super delicious. And right now for all of you, this is a one-time order here. What you can do is you can get your Island Bliss by going to earthechofoods.com. So like I said, go to earthechofoods, E-A-R-T-H, echo, E-C-H-O, foods.com and use the code MANIFESTABLE manifestable for 15% off your order at checkout. This is a huge discount. Trust me, you're going to love it. You're going to absolutely be amazed at the taste. You're going to get all of your superfoods in. Now I don't miss a beat. I take this traveling with me everywhere. It is so delicious. I actually find that it helps me not snack on sugary things because it is kind of naturally sweet. It's so good. So it actually helps me with my health goals. So I promise you, your body's going to thank me. So go ahead and go to earthechofoods.com. At the checkout, use the word manifestable, M-A-N-I-F-E-S-T-I-V-A-L, manifestable for 15% off your order at checkout. I love you guys. Someone like me who would maybe just come straight to you and be like, what are some basic things that I could do right now that you can see through the lens of your eyes that I'm probably missing that I could do to be more self-reliant as a woman in this world right now? Well, I mean, God, where do we start? Because it's a big question when you talk about like safety, security, and what can women do to be more self-reliant. I'm a very macro to micro person. So I'd say macro, starting with like your home or where you live. Right off the bat, especially if you're single or even if you're married, you know, you could be, you know, stalked, looked at, followed, you know, at any given moment. And you'll never know that it's actually happening. But some a great deterrent is, you know, putting a pair of size 12 cowboy boots outside your front door and your back door, right? Because the minute they Ooh, start... Oh, that's a good one. As soon as they approach the door, it's like, oh, nope, not going in there, right? Because a lot of times these bad guys don't really know, you know, especially the more opportunistic predators where they see you and they go, oh, I like that, right? And then they just go straight into follow mode. They don't care if you're married or not, you know, but they're going to follow you. They're going to figure out your pattern of life and anything that you can do or anything you can kind of put in their way to tell a different story 
you know, hey, do it, right? You know, and then that's just one little thing for home, right? And then, okay, now as you as you look in the mirror each day, projection and demeanor management is probably one of the most important things. And Whoa, takes, let's go there. That's awesome. <laughs> okay, <laughs> tell me, go, let's go there. <laughs> yeah, and that, that takes a lot of personal awareness, right? Which some women are all about being very critical of themselves. But when, I, when I'm talking about it, it's like, yeah, look in the mirror. But I want you to ask yourself, is there anything I'm wearing that might say something that I don't necessarily want to say? Am I blending in to the environment in which I'm going? You know, so neutral colors are great, but our ego usually dresses us each morning and we want to look good and, but there's a balance, right? So you just really want to, and then, you know, I always talk about ponytails or handles. I'd say handle for a bad guy. So if you can put your hair all the way up or, you know, like yours all the way down, that's much more difficult to grab than a ponytail. Sue selection. You guys love shoes, right? But hey, I always, you know, can you run in them and can you fight in them? If it answered, if yes is the answer to both those questions, and those are the shoes you probably should be wearing, <laughs> you know? You just made all the women be like, wah, wah. Like, I want to look sexy. I want to feel sexy. I want to be beautiful. And I want to wear my stilettos. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not. You can wear all those things, but. You know, there some of that obviously is obvious disadvantages if you find yourself, you know, going from a good day to a bad day, right? So, you know, I'm not mentioning anything that's anything new. And uh, like I said, we all want to separate ourselves from others. And that's, that's how we dress, how we look. And that's what we do, right? I mean, it's normal. But, you know, you can take in some of these considerations based on where you're going and what you're doing, right? Exactly. What's the intention of the place? What's the energy of the place? Is there any energy that you feel since we're talking about some mirror stuff? Because I really liked how you went there because every woman looks in the mirror before they head out anywhere. Is there a like an energy that she can take on? Because everybody's reading everybody's energy, truthfully. And the stories that I hear where I'm like, how did that even happen to you? They must have picked up on an energy that you've been taken advantage of in the past and they can do it again. So I'm curious if there's anything that you've learned or know about that they could say or embody energetically. Well, I think confidence goes a long ways. And if you don't have it, fake it, right? The whole fake it till you make it, you know, stand tall, head on the swivel, always looking around, you know, solid handshake. None of that's going to hurt a woman in today's environments, no matter where you're at. And, um, you know, that eye contact is important. You know, you're, you're looking right through whoever it is that's in front of you. And that certainly will put your more insecure, lack of confident, criminal, or just weird, strange dudes on their heels. They don't want any of that, right? Mm, looking through their eyes through them. I love that statement. Yeah. It's like the, for us, yeah. it's like that thousand yard stare I've killed people so I can look right through your soul that works it puts people in a position where like whoa you know it doesn't matter what you're wearing at that moment or how your make model whatever you know when you're able to do that and like I say sometimes you got to fake it that does a lot for sending the message that you know you're not one to be messed with and I think that's important yeah I love that so when you decided to come on this particular podcast, 
I want to know like what drove you to say yes to this podcast and like what is that message that you were feeling that I want to share to this particular audience to these people that are actually listening to this particular podcast I'm just super curious what made you say yes and what that message is well I, what number one I think it's important for everyone to take their whatever their posture is in life and and wherever they're going and what they're doing and just take a moment and add a little bit of that crisis management to it. Be more proactive, be more preemptive in thought, and really just take a good look around you from time to time. Because regardless of podcasts, no matter where I'm at, what I'm doing, I mean, that is the number one goal to anybody that'll listen to it. And even better if you go out and start doing it, you know, it's easy to say head on a swivel and this and that, but I look as like, there's four kinds of awareness. You know, we talked about one of them, personal awareness, looking in the mirror before you walk out the door. Number two, cultural awareness, know the do's and don'ts in the environment in which you're going. And then third party awareness, know that, hey, I can look at you and you can look at me and we can scrutinize and judge each other all day long without ever actually knowing each other. And it's important to know that. It's important to go, who is looking and judging me right now, right? Be aware of third-party awareness. And that includes law enforcement, foreign intel, bad guys, your parents, whoever, right? Whoever's watching you, <laughs> you know, you got to pay attention to that. And then last is situational awareness, right? And I think it gets overused and underutilized. And that is very simply, if you're in a boat, you've got alligators in the boat, you've got alligators outside the boat trying to get in, you've got alligators that are inbound. So situational awareness is all about making sure you're aware of what's immediately around you, what's right outside arm's reach, and then what's even further whenever you look at an environment. And remember, your brain's not a computer. It can't aggregate everything. So if you're looking at everything, then you see nothing. So make sure you just look specifically for the signs and symptoms of the threats in your area and take them seriously. Listen to your gut. Women have great intuition. You know, so listen to that more often than not. Oh my gosh. Okay. I want to, I want you to use an example because I feel like you could possibly save someone right now. And let's just create a scenario because I want whoever's listening to understand what you mean by this situational awareness. Like, okay, what's around you? Not taking everything in because your brain can only hold so much, but what would she take in? So for example, let's say she decides she wants to travel and she's in a, a foreign country. It's been safe. I mean, there's always threats anywhere you go and it's particularly safe. She's traveling by herself. Maybe she's with another girlfriend and say like she goes into a town square and she's going to go sit at a restaurant and have a wonderful Moco loco lape frappe and from the local area and she's sitting down what would she look for and what should she how should her brain kind of be thinking well i think right off the bat before you sit down you're looking for your outs as soon as you enter a restaurant these days right where are the exits what are my routes there kindly go to the restroom know where the restroom is because the restroom's the dead end. You don't want to go that way unless that hallway continues to the kitchen and then every kitchen in the world has another back door. And so it's real quick to kind of get the blueprint of where you're at. Now you know it, right? So whether I'm sitting inside or outside, I've got my outs figured out so that I can get myself out of the situation, whatever that might be. 
If you choose to sit outside, awesome, right? There's plenty of opportunity to get out unless you're sitting in some patio with like walls or whatever around you, then you're, that's basically like sitting indoors. But otherwise, you've got plenty of outs. You can see everything that's coming, right? So make sure you sit facing whatever the biggest window, the biggest door, the biggest field of view of the world is, right? And if you can put yourself closer to your back to a wall, great, right? So in a patio situation, that means you're sitting closest to the building, but you're facing the world. Now I can see everything that comes at me. Next is your purse, right? Women tend to hang it right on the back of that chair and then put their back against the strap and think that they're going to feel that when a pickpocketer goes by and swipes it from you. Don't, right? You know, you want to cross chest that, sling it and keep it near you, ideally in the center, between your legs, at the center of your lap, or to the right side, or whatever your dominant arm is, so that you can always, you know, you always got it in check. So now you can see everything, your ID and money, which is obviously what you're going to need for the rest of the trip. All of that is right there. You know where it's at all the time. Never just hang it or leave it by itself, right? You got to treat it like a baby. All those documents, anything that you have, you treat it like you're never going to have the baby. You know, you're never leaving a baby alone. You're never shaking the baby in public. So all those things you're going to do with your documents and everything else that's important to you. And then, of course, you know, now you talk about the people around you. You know, you take that moment. You know, I kind of compare it to when we pull up to vehicles at a red light. There's a car next to you, to your left. There's a car to your right. But you'd be amazed how many people never actually look to their right, look to their left at those people in those vehicles next to them, right? You probably pay attention next time you're driving home or whatever you're doing. You probably don't look to your left and to your right. You probably should, right? It's just good to know, like, what's going on? (laughs) These are, you know, 4,000 pound vehicles with idiots driving them. You should probably know who's (laughs) around you. So that lets us know we have a lot of angels around us. Yeah, okay. (laughs) And then, of course, when you're sitting in a restaurant, that great time, you know, we all love to people watch, but really just pay attention to who's closest to you first, then look just beyond that, and then look further. You're setting up zones, right? You got, you know, all right, people that are closest to you, what do they look like? What are they doing? Do they look like friend or foe? And then look beyond that and beyond that. And, and I'm not trying to drive paranoia or anything. I never am. And I'm not a, I'm not a prepper. No, I don't. I think that that's the message that I think is really beautiful is this is not about being paranoid or thinking and being on your toes that something wrong is going to happen. It's just an awareness. And I think this ties back to the work that I do is that Self-awareness is huge in your growth and whatever you're trying to create or do, how do people perceive you? How are you flowing in this game of life? And that takes practice. That takes a willingness to look at the things you don't want to look at. It takes a willingness to look at the things that, you know, just are feel a little harder. And I wanted to just say, I really appreciate this talk because women, you said something, women have powerful intuition but also women tend to squelch their intuition. And we second guess ourselves. We go, oh, I'm judging. Oh my gosh, I'm in a safe area. Why am I thinking that? Why am I feeling that? And I have to tell you guys, I just recently came back from Greece. And thankfully, I I have a husband that's already a protector mode and he feels it's his life's duty to protect me at every turn. And, you know, I don't, I think he could mess someone up, but here's the deal. What he, what I love about him is that, 
he knows if I say I don't have a good feeling about something, he's going to listen. Like he's not going to mess with my intuition at all. And we were just on a, like an area next to the Acropolis, like where all the tourists are. And we were just going to go down where they sell all the trinkets and wares and tears. And people tend to look me in my eyes a lot when I travel in other countries. I think it might be just because my eyes are blue. I'm not sure, but I can feel an energy. And I've learned to really listen to an intuition because one particular man looked at me, but I could see there wasn't a good energy. And we passed him and we kept going. And obviously there's tourists all over. It's light out. And I just had spidey senses that something wasn't right. And I didn't know why, because why would he want to pick on us? I didn't, there would be no motive, but I just was like, I think we're supposed to get out of here immediately. Okay, out, we're out. And and that's why I just want to say to women listening, because primary women are going to be listening to this right now, I imagine. And I just want to say, if you feel anything, don't second guess it. Don't be like, oh, I'm just being paranoid or, oh, I'm just making these stories up. Just leave. Doesn't matter. Just leave. Leave the situation. Listen to it. You may never know why you had that feeling. And that's a good thing. So I just wanted to kind of allude on that. And thank you for sharing that from somebody from a perspective that's been through a lot of maybe more dark than most of us or more challenging things. But also I can see so much light in you and I can see that you're someone who's just trying to help people with their awareness and really help them feel secure and confident. And that's really powerful from the perspective that you've seen in this whole world to be able to come at life that way and to be like, hey, I just want you to feel confident ultimately and to know how to navigate things. So thank you for this conversation. I know it's going to help somebody big time. No, thank you for having me. It's been great hanging out with you. Yeah, thank you so much. And I want you to say one thing in closing. Imagine you have we're going to stay with this woman theme. So like you have, you have 10,000 women in front of you right now. And you had one or two sentences or a, a statement to say to her, what would it be? I would probably say the same thing I've said to my daughter or daughter's boyfriends, right? Like <laughs> one of them, well, no, that's uh, what I said to the boyfriend is totally different. It's more of a, it's, you know, if it's in the realm of safety and security, I tell her, you make sure that phone is charged at all times. And if something happens to you, you put it on silent and you put it in your butt crack. That's what I tell her. Because that's the only way dad's going to find you. And when I find you, I'm going to be ruthless to whoever is messing with you, right? I mean, because I track her, right? So I would say if there's a bunch of women and most of your moms, you know, track your kids, their life depends on it. I'm very protective of, of that. And, you know, and I'm not waiting on the cops to tell me what to do, right? I'm going after and I'm going to do it. But I would say that, you know, overall, women are more powerful than they think. I tell my daughter all the time, like, hey, I can teach you everything that I would teach a boy, but you can't really flip that around, right? Teach a boy everything you teach a girl. So women have capabilities that they have no idea of. And when it comes to memory, intuition, I mean, those are definitely, you know, your superpowers and you should leverage them as much as you can. But I mean, there's so much I've said to her over the years and have learned from raising a daughter that has taught me more than I think anything else out there. It's a, it's a, it's a cool deal. Wow. That's powerful. 
Thank you for that. Thank you for being that reflection as a man and someone with your background. And I know that this is going to help somebody. It's definitely been empowering for me. So thank you so much. And yeah, this is Clint, you guys. Thanks so much for being on. All right. Thanks for having me. You guys take care out there. Mm -hmm.